The Club Championship Show on OTB Sports. Brilliant game of hurling, edge your seat stuff, Tony Kelly, masterclass from start to finish. To win a Connacht Senior Championship is uh, it's special. The Club Championship Show. Subscribe to the GEA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Yes, indeed. Uh, rugby on off the ball is brought to you uh, by Vodafone, the main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. Uh, we all belong to Team of Us. And uh, in the words of Adam and Paul, there's been an awful lot of weather lately, but uh, rugby's been surviving very well. And three massive games for the Irish provinces this weekend, um, one of which my guest, Keane Tracy of the Irish Independent, uh, is going to be asked. You're flying out to uh, see Munster on their travels. Yeah, Munster in Northampton on Sunday. Yeah, it's an early kickoff, so flying out tomorrow to leave nothing for chance. I know even some journalists who were going over to cover Leinster in La Harve last weekend got caught by cancel flights as well, mm-hmm. so leaving nothing to chance getting over there early. So yeah, fingers crossed. I've never been over to Franklin's Gardens, actually. Um, it's been on the list. It's one of those kind of old-school English venues, so looking forward to it. Uh, I got a text from your erstwhile colleague, Rory O'Connor, yesterday, and he's just like, Leinster uh, in the match tomorrow night. Um, you know, this is going to be um, an absolute... Bloodbats, and this is Leinster playing at what are we eight o'clock this evening, um, which has been the subject of some conversation. The Gloucester game because Gloucester basically are coming over here. This is a pool a game. Leinster obviously one of the strong favourites to win the competition. Gloucester have sort of given up on this game basically, and I, I'm wondering you're you're two games into the pool stages and you're basically a, a complete non-event. And I know Leo Cullen has spoken about the fact that well we can only beat what's in front of us. There's something not right about this in terms of the competition. I see one of the papers today was calling it the the Champions Cup or something like that. That it's kind of lost its luster. What what's your make your take on it? Oh, it's a terrible look for for the competition. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, like this is the the problem with the new format that the EPC or the tournament organisers have brought in. Um, it's a bad look for the competition. I know, like, you know, Gloucester are entitled to do what they like, but in my opinion, it's a very bad look for the club. This is a team who won their first game last weekend and got a bonus point, you know, so they're in good form. It's not like, you know, they feel like they're already out of the competition. They're fourth in the Premiership. Um, you know, you're looking at it going one of the Premiership top flyers against, you know, the team at top of the URC, except what you're getting is a second, if not third string Gloucester team coming over. And it sure changes, I think, everyone involved. I mean, can you imagine being a Gloucester supporter and paying to come over to Dublin this Pretty time of year? Say, yeah. yeah, coming over to Dublin this time of year, this close to Christmas and you're getting a scratch team like that. Like, that's just not good enough. Like, I just think it sends a bad attitude to the, the squad, the players within the club. It's it's so defeatist to think that, you know, we're not going to get anything in Dublin, which in reality, they probably won't. But like, I just think it, the mentality around it is so weak. Um, but it is a consequence of the the format that we're living in, Johnny. And that's just the reality of it. I think EPCR... You know, I think most fans, if you did a straw poll, would want to go back to the old format in a heartbeat of having the the pools with four each, four teams in each. But it's just, yeah, it's it's made it unnecessarily convoluted, and this is this is what's happening. Like Gloucester, are obviously, going okay. Well, we're not going to get anything out of this game, even if we do send our our first team. They've got a big game. I think it's against Leinster on Christmas Eve next week, which in the Premiership, which they're prioritising. That's fine. But there's loads of reasons why they can't they can't do both. Like you know what I mean. There's no relegation in the the Premiership this year. Not that Gloucester would would be involved in that. Like I said, they're fourth. Um, but there's no jeopardy involved in the Premiership this year. There's two less teams with Worcester and Wasps haven't gone to the wall. And like what what's to say they couldn't have come over here and caused an upset against Leinster? And what would that do for their confidence? So they're banking on getting something at King's Home. 
against Leinster after Christmas, which in my mind is no guarantee either, but like particularly with how well Leinster are playing. So um, it's a bad look, but I think the, the tournament or- organisers are going to have to go back to drawing board and look. Wait, is that possible? Of course it is, yeah. Obviously not going to happen now, but I think going forward, like there's so much, rugby is in flux so much because there are talks of like, you know, the, the World League coming in in terms of getting the North and the South and aligning the global calendars. But like how long have we been talking about that and we're still nowhere along the line? But in the midst of it all, I think the what has been the best club competition in the world has been me- messed up really by mm. the format. When it comes down to when it comes down to the last sixteen and the quarterfinals in particular, you are still going to have the best teams involved. But for a competition with such illustrious history, it's a shame that almost the pool stages are written off and you're just waiting for the knockout stages. Because back in the day, you know, when the tournament was at its height, like the, the pool stages were unbelievable. Like yeah. fans got to go on the away trips. You had the back to back dates. And whereas now it's just you have teams like Gloucester who, you know, have a, have a proud history as well. Like you mm. think back to the Miracle Match in Toma Park and stuff. And um, it's just it's just a bad look all around. Every, everyone's getting shortchanged that's, that's involved. And just briefly on Leinster, how much of a stage? was the racing win oh it was massive yeah mm. like absolutely massive like, they're in a, such a fortunate position that even you know that tonight like Johnny Sexton is back fit but like, he's, he's only on the bench because Ross Byrne is playing well they didn't have to rush Tyke Furlong back because Michael Alatoa is playing so well so yeah like it was like racing were really poor but Leinster were, were awesome and I think even before you saw the team that Gloucester were sending over you would have been banking Leinster would have been banking on getting five points and I think you know that's probably going to be a given tonight but Leo Cullen is right like they can only beat what's in front of them but Leinster were burnt last year by having to give a walk over to Montpellier Mm -hmm. and you know that cost them having to go away in the knockout stages to Welford Road against Leicester but Leinster looking at the very real possibility of only having to travel away once more in the competition from now until potentially reaching the final and that game would be in King's home because if Leinster finishes top seeds they'll be at home in the last 16 they'll be at home in the quarter final they'll be at home in the semi-final and of course the the Champions Cup final next year is going to be on at the Viva Stadium so that's enough carrot for Leinster you know to keep focused on themselves I doubt there'll be any complacency and if anything they'll probably want to send out another statement that why it's so wrong because Montpellier did the same last year in the RDS they sent over scratch team and Leinster put 89 points yeah. in them so like that's kind of where Leinster's mindset is it wouldn't be surprised if they rack up a big score again tonight Yeah and uh, as Keen mentioned he's off to uh, flying via Birmingham to the Northampton uh, Monster game and this is a fascinating fascinating game in the, in the shape of the context of the group obviously you might argue a must win game for both um, Murray started for Munster. Uh, Graham Roundtree's made four changes, and it's Murray's first start for six weeks. And uh, Joey Carberry, uh, who impressed last week, will be joined uh, by uh, Jack Crowley's coming in for his canal inside centre. Um, Keith Earl is on the left wing as well. He's back from injury as well. And uh, we just spoke pre-show about the the change in the Munster DNA and. Um, I, I was going back to that game between Munster and Ulster maybe a, a month ago and the progress both have made since Ulster won that day but Munster have actually kicked on and they, you can see every week now that there is a style coming here yeah, like this this team selection for Sunday's game, if ever there was proof that Munster are headed in a new direction, a more expansive style of play, this is it. I mean, selecting Jack Crowley at 12, just it simply wouldn't have happened under Johan van Graan, and mm. um, particularly for such a huge game. You look at that Munster team now with Conor Murray coming back in, Joey Carberry's been playing really well over the last few games. You've now got 
playmakers all across the back line. So Jack Crowley came off the bench last week against Toulouse and came on at 12. Obviously he's a 10. That's where he made his debut for Ireland last month and that's where he's been playing the majority of his rugby but he's proven to be versatile. He can play at fullback as well. So he came off the bench at 12 last week and Munster's attack looked far more fluid. He linked bring brilliantly with Joey Carberry. It takes a lot of pressure off Joey Carberry as well. No different to when Robbie Henshaw is playing outside Johnny Sexton for Leinster in Ireland. And Ab- could this bring Carberry to, I guess, show what people would say he was long capable of but maybe has been able to show for Munster? Yeah, because yeah, I think there's a lot. There's always been a lot of responsibility because of maybe the lack of a playmaker mm. outside of him. As good as Damien D'Alende was for Munster as a 12, he wasn't that natural playmaker. He was more of a guy who was going to get you over the gain line. But now you've got a guy who's equally comfortable stepping up as first receiver and having a two-sided attack. And that's something Munster have really lacked over the last few years. And then you look outside... Uh, Jack Crowley you've got Antoine Frisch who's mm. been a really really shrewd signing by Munster okay he had a tough enough outing against Toulouse last weekend but he's been really impressive by and large in the bits that we've seen he's also very very comfortable on the ball you've got Keith Earls coming back in who's also comfortable coming off his wing and Mike Haley at fullback who looks far more he was actually speaking during the week to us uh, at the press conference. Like He's enjoying his rugby a lot more now because when when your game plan isn't revolved around a, a kick-heavy approach like the South Africans do when you're back three, you're being asked to chase balls, box kicks all day. Of course, when, when you flip that and you know, you're trying to get the ball into hands more players are going to be, be enjoying that. So I think that's be, been reflective in what we've seen. Okay, The results all haven't been great, but they did get a losing bonus point last week. There's no shame in losing to Toulouse. Like they're arguably the there's three teams four teams maybe who can realistically win the Champions Cup this season you'd say and they're certainly one of them Mm. so it it probably just showed where Munster are losing at home in the past would have been unforgivable in the Champions Cup but like people have to stop comparing or looking at Munster through the prism of the glory days because they're so far in the past that you know you need to move on so it does um, seem like the fans are kind of cognizant of that as well that they are giving absolutely absolutely and I think the fans are going to be way more patient now because they're seeing a commitment to the new style of play that they're trying to play because the game has moved on like we saw that in the, the Lions tour last year as well like I mean if you want to beat these teams you saw it in actually go even more recently you saw it for Ireland against South Africa last month trying to think your way out of trouble against the bigger teams rather than trying to take them on is is the way to go so I think the fans are going to be much more encouraged by seeing a commitment to that because one of the biggest criticisms I would have had under Johan van Graan and Stephen Larkin was that Munster were well capable of pulling out a good attacking performance but the following week when you know the going got tough against a bigger team they reverted to type and that was so so frustrating because you saw it on a, a consistent basis over a period of a few years whereas now younger players are starting to be trusted more uh, they're not reverting to type as much and there's a bit of a there's more of a mixture and a variety in terms of their play so I think most Munster fans are perfectly have to be patient as much as they will be frustrated at having to have another series, uh, season of transition. This is a tough one to call, is it? Yeah, it, like, it's a tight game, but I think Munster should be quietly confident of going over there, getting a win. Look, it's amazing, really. I think Northampton, off the top of my head, are in sixth in the Premiership, but they have the worst uh, defensive record in the mm. league, which is amazing, really, out of 11 teams. They conceded 40-odd points in La Rochelle last week, six tries. Uh, they conceded the most points and the most tries in the Premiership, so they have a very, very leaky defence, and I think that's why Munster are, have picked the team that they have. It's, it's the equivalent of 
in, in football, Johnny, like, you know, picking three up front, like, it's a bit of a gung-ho approach. Yeah. Like, that is hugely, hugely encouraging because, like I said, it just wouldn't have happened in the previous era. So, on the flip side, Northampton are a very, very good attacking team. They want to play at high tempo, so Munster slowing down their ball at the ruck is going to be absolutely crucial. Um, and they will be confident, I think, uh, Northampton of causing Munster problems as well because of all that we speak about, you know, the excitement around what Jack Crowley can do in attack at 12 he is pretty untested, you'd have to say, as an inside centre defensively. So you can imagine, you know, Courtney Laws is back in that team. They have a tasty back row. They're, he's going to have a lot of big ball carriers running down his channel. And with Joey Carberry at 10 and Jack Crowley at 12, you know, they will think that they can get them at, at Munster defensively. But if Munster can slow down their ruck ball, not let them get into their high tempo, um, I think Munster have a very good chance here. Where is Crowley in the Irish situation then going forward? Um, obviously, he's normally a 10, but... Yeah, like I think we we have to be very careful of you know making like out halves into jack of all trades. We've mm. seen it happen so many times. You know, Joey Carberry was for a while at Leinster, and you know Leinster will still say that his best position was fullback. A lot of people will still say now that that is his best position, but he wants to play ten. He's quite clearly the second choice in the Ireland pecking order to Johnny Sexton. But Jack Crowley is an interesting one. You know, we've seen it more recently with Kieran Frawley at Leinster. You know, he's been playing twelve for Leinster, but Ireland see him as a ten he was injured and Jack Crowley came in and did really well for Ireland last month so um like you want to get your best players in the pitch and, and ultimately I don't really have a problem with that what you don't want to happen is for a guy who could be potentially you know in the long run and Ireland out half having been played all across the back line yeah. and not getting enough game time in out half which is an unbelievably specialised position so I think for now it works um, it'll be interesting to see going forward against like the bigger teams like a Leinster like I don't know if you'd see Jack Crowley playing 12 up against someone like a Robbie Henshaw mm. you know what I mean I think they you can get away with it for certain games and this might be one for the weekend but Ireland rate him very very highly Andy Farrell rates him very highly that's why he trusted him starting the the Australia game last month and you know you had Ross Byrne coming off the bench so the never ending (laughs) number 10 is just unbelievable the never ending narrative that is the Ireland out half story uh, rugby and off the ball is with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team uh, we all belong uh, to the team of us obviously the uh, Ulster La Rochelle game there was uh, obviously the, the double where the game would go ahead and so on and so forth um, what has happened with Ulster um, it just it, the, the the debacle of last week um, their confidence seems to be half gone uh, Ronald Garris coming over for I think his first game mm-hmm. in Ireland as La Rochelle manager um, under a bit of a cloud himself very interesting article by Ron in the Irish Examiner today this game is compelling in so many levels it's huge, yeah. It's probably the the game of the weekend. You'd have to say, particularly when you ha- when you add in the Raj factor. Yeah, look, Ulster in a a dark place. You'd have to say it clearly had a massive hangover last week going to sale from what happened in the RDS. The the previous is that, week. is that was that the, the like the fifteen against fourteen or what was it that they did did they did they come off thinking we blew this and um, because it was a hell of a reaction last week. Yeah, well, they certainly did blow it. But like for the previous season, they won in the RDS. I think it was for the first time in eight years. And you were kind of going then, wow, this could be a real turning point for Ulster, not just for their season, but in general, just over their, their mentality and their mindset, because there would have been question marks hanging over that. And then come the end of the season, they ended up beating Toulouse in Toulouse, but then lost the reverse game in Raven Hill. And it was just kind of the same old Ulster. And then come the, the end of the season, they lost against the Stormers over in South Africa mm. at a time 
when Leinster had lost the night before to the Bulls, which meant that like their nemesis were basically out of the equation. And if Ulster had won in South Africa, they would have had a home final against the Bulls. And like, there's not, it's not often Leinster are going to be out of the running in the URC. Like last year was just weird. They were suffering, I think, from the defeat that they had had to La Rochelle in the Champions Cup final, another, another sort of hangover. Uh, so they really blew a missed opportunity then. And they'd started the season okay, but I still feel like how that played out at the end of the season is still hurting them. Henderson back is massive. Henderson back is massive and so is John Cooney. Um, they really missed those kind of guys last week. Like John Cooney um, is a guy, you know, he plays scrum half but he almost plays out half as well. He takes mm. it on the lot of the responsibility much like a French out half does. Like Billy Burns has struggled I would say in a lot of big games for Ulster so you need John Cooney more than ever. It's interesting to see Ulster playing um, Ian Henderson in the back row again. Mm. So um, Eight changes. Yeah, eight changes. Not, it's not a surprise. Like Rory Sutherland coming back in um, will really beef them up as well but um, in terms of looking for a, a team of looking for a response like La Rochelle are not the ones you want particularly not when Ron Nogar is in charge and he's coming over absolutely not with a point to prove but he's going to want to lay down a marker like you said it's his first time coaching as a head coach uh, back in Ireland uh, they're champions they're not like other French teams who would be happy to send a second string team over and then you know beat them at home like this is a fully locked and loaded uh, La Rochelle team who pose unbelievable threats to Ulster across the board um, say the the Ulster sort of demise continues is McFarlane under pressure soon? I don't know really I think there's been a bit of a, a bit of an overreaction to what was an unbelievably bad defeat and to get nilled as well like they obviously had the travel chaos in terms of getting there like I mean I think that can be overplayed a little bit and to be fair to, to Dan McFarland he didn't try and use that as an excuse at all I think plenty of other head coaches might have tried to use that but look People have short memories. Like you think back to the state that Ulster were in. Like Brian O'Driscoll's called them a basket case. Well, yeah, people will always remember that. But lots of head coaches wouldn't have gone near Ulster at the time with the, everything that was happening on and off the pitch. Uh, Dan McFarland came in. He's gotten the club in general back on track on the pitch as well. But there are still lingering doubts, I would say, around the mindset of the team. Their pack still looks... I, I don't think they have a heavyweight pack enough to, to go and win trophies. I think they're a little bit short. I think that's part of the reason why they're moving Ian Henderson back into the back row to try and get more big men onto the pitch. It allows them to play Sam Carter in the second row, who you have to say as well, has, hasn't really set the world alight. Like He's one of their, their foreign signings. He hasn't really been great since he's come in either like they've got uh, Stephen Kitchoff coming in like unbelievable prop from South Africa next year but that's next season you know what I mean so um like, yeah, I, Dan McFarland is, is a very, very good coach and I think he's done very, very good things with Ulster they have a, they have a rotten draw like I said like Munster going to Northampton I think in their back-to-back games against them they should really be targeting I would say nine points getting a win over there this weekend and then potentially getting a bonus point win at home because their interest levels could have been could be seriously diminished by the time that comes around whereas that won't happen with La Rochelle at all like it's going to be very difficult even if Ulster if Ulster were to were to beat them tomorrow Johnny it could be a turning point within their season but you wouldn't have any faith at all in them going over to France in January and getting a win there either. And then they have Sale, obviously, to come to Belfast um, next month too. So, uh, Call it. Th- they're still just a Jekyll and Hyde team. Like, you no, know, I think La Rochelle, like, they, this La Rochelle team is awesome. Like, we saw what they did to Leinster last season. So, um, I'd be very surprised if La Rochelle didn't get a win. Thank you, Keen. Just a reminder that Monday Night Rugby and Wednesday Night Rugby are only available to listen back to in full exclusively in the OTB Rugby podcast feed. It's where you'll also find Brian O'Driscoll on OTB and the latest episode of The Red 78. Subscribe.